Linguentum Infernis, a good omen's potvic, written by Entangled Now, read by Jab. Summary in which Crowley is not home, and Zerophil takes the opportunity to admire his plants. Crowley is nowhere to be found inside the flat, but she left a sign on the plant room door, Do not enter, Unguentum Infernus and Loom. Gosh, that must be something to see. As far as Zerophil had been aware, Crowley didn't have any flowering plants in his collection. He perhaps won't mind if I just take a quick peek. He pushes the door open carefully, the burst of hot, damp air curling outwards. He slips inside and shuts the door behind him to avoid lowering the temperature. He's heard that can be an important factor with tropical plants. Xerophil finds that the inside of the room resembles something of a lush jungle. There's a mixture of deep green leaves and wild vines covering the walls and sprawling from the large soil-filled pots as well as of wine barrels that line the room. But the main body of the plant is at the end, a spray of thick vines that end in large white bulbs, waiting to be planted, no doubt. The plant is topped by the most beautiful crown of red and orange flowers, blooming just out of reach. Well, aren't you beautiful? Xerophil breathes. No wonder Crowley was keeping you a secret. But I promise I'll be very careful. The plant rustles gently, small tendrils drifting outwards to touch his hands and the curls of his hair. Gosh, you're a friendly thing, aren't you? The room is very warm, and it's clear the flower is very close to pollinating, but some of its leaves look a little curled. He'll just give it a spot of water. The can is already filled, but he doesn't want to get his coat wet, so he carefully takes it off and hangs it over a chair. Then, after a moment's thought, he adds his waistcoat too. He doesn't want them getting dirty. Heaven knows what they might get on them in here. Can't be too careful. There's a wonderful scent to the room, something deep and richly floral, with just a hint of mustard. He finds that he wants to fill his lungs with it, to feel the prickle where his skin is thin, eyelids and lips, and the inside of his wrists. He tosses off his shoes and socks, and then decides he can't very well wander the soil-covered room in his trousers, so he removes them as well. Then adds his shirt and underwear to the small pile. Only then does he lift the can and stride fully naked to the waist-high planter. You're growing so well. Look at your big leaves. And you're so close to pollinating. Is Crowley helping you with that? Xerophy thinks he would very much like to see that. The demon is always complaining that he doesn't care about his plants, which isn't true at all. You really are a beauty, aren't you? 
he waters with careful pours, filling himself drawn slowly in, greenery drifting curiously over his arms and legs. What do you think he'd do if he came in here and found me? Zephyr wonders, feeling the damp soil that covers the twisted roots. There's a tinge to it that he's never felt before. I think about it sometimes. The bulbs that hang from the large vines seem to swell as he waters, and he's pleased that it's looking so much better. I think about that sometimes, him finding me in the hot darkness of his room. It's not the same, of course. The room is currently very brightly lit, he assumes for the comfort of the plants. It doesn't matter after all, he murmurs. It's just a fantasy. He's humming a nameless tune that comforts him, arousal a slowly sinking weight under his skin. It's pleasant enough that he lets himself feel it, lets it warm him. He rarely allows himself to want so sharply, but in this room it seems harmless enough. I do want to be ready for him, Aziraphil says faintly. Can you imagine? Simply wait for him, naked and wanting. Barely any choice left as he strides the rows of greenery and then presses me down into the soil. The air in the room is stifling and the green is now wrapped around his arms drawing him up onto his toes, so the large center mass of the unguentum can caress his chest and throat, teasing bright green tendrils across his mouth until he opens for them, lets them play across his tongue. What a curious taste to the thing, a bit of slickness that reminds him of flames and serpents. He would be gentle with me, I suspect, but if I'm being honest, I think I would enjoy a little roughness. The shoots trailing his belly squirm in answer, while the vines below curl around his thighs and draw them open, his balls hanging defenseless between them. The slick end of one particularly thick vine slides higher, to notch curiously at his anus before an intent push buries it inside. Oh, yes, just like that, to just take his pleasure from me without worrying about the consequences. Aziraphale digs his hands into the soil as it plunges deeper. I would let him, I would let him do so many things. The watering can hits the floor with a clang as several more vines thread up his thighs, squeezing the flesh as they braid together to hold him receptive and open for the wands that press in after. He's left gripping at the curved rim of the giant pot the thing is housed in, gasping at how eagerly they enter him. He doesn't resist when tendrils threaten his hair, winding tight and drawing his head back until his face is buried in flowers.
The world was bright and dizzy and wonderful, but he feels it so intensely when the body-warmed vines inside him are replaced by others, which slither up and in, filling him from all sides. Aziraphale whines a protest when the flora eventually slides free of him, feeling so unbearably empty, until one of the plant's large slick bulbs sets itself against his anus and starts pushing in. It's considerably bigger than the collection of wines, a swollen, pear-shaped mass that proves itself from when he squeezes instinctively down. The stiffness resists, has him shuddering at the ache of it, a breathless whine escaping him as it fills him completely. Yes, oh, I have very much long to be simply taken. The bulb doesn't just enter him, but moves on the end of its hanging whine, drawing out and surging back in again in a familiar rhythm. He could have me. He could hold me down and have me among the things he loves. Aziraphale moans, watching the stiff bob of his cock as he's rocked against the warm soil, forced harder and harder into it until he's bent at the waist, his thighs held open, his dick buried in warm compost. Yes, take what you please. I'll help you. I'll help you pollinate, if you promise not to stop. The plant's tendrils caress him, trailing his back and thighs, circling the base of his balls and tugging as he ruts helplessly into the dirt. The mass of it swells, growing large enough that it can barely draw its way free. It leaves him moaning out a long, wavering sound at every tuck against his rim. He must look aside, streaked with dirt and held open by a dozen whites. He wonders if Crowley had ever imagined him like this, stretched open and being used purely for pleasure. What would he do if he found him here, found him like this? Would he have a Aziraphale for himself? Yes, yes! Aziraphale wails his way through orgasm, squeezing down hard enough to burst the flower's bulb, its sticky liquid pollen coating his insides in a wash of tingling pressure. Ah! Oh! The effect is instant, the heat of it coiling through his blood like fire, his senses suddenly full of nothing but its sweet smell and its sparkling, glittering colors. Dizzying waves of arousal course through him, and he's barely softened from his first ejaculation before he's rapidly erect again, sensitive and still very desperate. The plant withdraws from him, but its winds wind tighter around his thighs and draw him open wider still, making him a lewd display. A conquered, well-used danger. Aziraphale is delirious with it, his whole body alight with pleasure as its essence runs in streams down his thighs, 
to spatter across the floor. It takes him a moment to register the nudging push of another bulb taking its place. It's larger than the first, but he's so well fucked and so very slick that it pops in with barely any resistance, starts immediately working in and out with a regular, blissful series of pulses. Oh, good heavens! Aziraphale can no longer lean on the pot, his leathers down, slumping forward on his elbows and knees, while the demonic flower sees to his exquisitely receptive bottom. Please, yes, please, that's so very good. It holds him open when he can no longer hold himself, swelling to breaking point inside him again, until an orgasmic squeeze has a second bulb breaking inside him, filling him with streaks and spills of its glistening pollen. He gasps wetly into the floor as it slithers free, another immediately nudging into place where he's dripping and slick. The rounded end presses in and his body gives for it, where comes the mass, only to realize another is right behind it. Please, please, it's so much, it's so much. No matter what he's saying, he's clawing at the floor, panting an urgent desire for more, feeling his rim stretched tight and hot and burning as the second bulb is forced in after the first. He's so full so very full, his cock pulsing continuously against the soil-spotted floor as his body surrenders. The demonic plant takes him in rough plunges, the bulbs throbbing and shifting on their vines, stretching him open and then cramming him full as they swell inside him, until it feels like an orgasm that goes on forever. Aziraphale is held inescapably tightly, bounced and pierced and stretched open, liquid coating his thighs and tripping downwards. It's like nothing he's ever imagined, and when both bulbs burst simultaneously, the world writes out into impossible, scorching pleasure. Aziraphale's not sure how much later it is, but he feels warm and fizzy and so very good. He's sprawled on his knees and chest, his thighs are still held open, and a trail of something warm is spilling endlessly over the rounded curve of his balls. Aziraphale! Something hits the tiled floor and breaks, and it occurs to him this is a rather indecent pose to be found in. Which is a wonderful thrill for a moment, and then slightly awkward the next. The world is coming back to him a little, the cloudy, pollen-filled air of the room broken by the draught from the doorway. Something snaps, leaves rustling, and one of his thighs goes loose. He supposes he should turn over before the poor plant is abused any further. He does so to find Crowley looking as wrecked as he feels. 
His face is a picture of shock and horror. His glasses are barely on his nose, and there's a broken box of chocolates on the floor. Crowley, I didn't expect you back until tonight. Crowley drags his glasses off in one panic movement. Blessed Xerophil, are you all right? I left a note on the door. I should never have been so stupid as to leave it alone. Fuck, I'm so sorry. That damn plant was so rare, but I was keeping it quarantined at all times because it has a reputation. The Anguentum Infernus, yes. I've read several books about it, but never thought I'd get to actually experience one for myself. Crowley's mouth opens and closes a few times. You what? You mean, you knew what it would do? The demon's eyes stray down to where Xerophil is still quite erect and sitting in a spreading puddle of pollen and calm. The expression on his demon's face for a moment is so viciously, wonderfully naked that Xerophil finds himself in no hurry to either get up or close his legs. Crowley's eyes have never burned so hotly for him. Not down to the finest detail, of course, but well enough. I wasn't in any real danger. Aziraphale decides to be brave for once. He reaches up and slips his fingers down into the space between Crowley's belt and stomach, finds warm skin against his knuckles, and the stiff head of a cock under his fingertips. Now get down here and make use of the hole that's been so nicely worked over for you. We have a plan to pollinate. The end.